0: Happy New Year and good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Alight On, our video series that brings to light the latest and greatest in human capital and business topics. Today, I am joined by two of our workplace and health experts to discuss social determinants of health and Alight's approach to help our clients and communities close these gaps. Please join me in welcoming our two panelists, Zan Daniels, Vice President of Inclusion and Diversity at Alight, and Stephanie Bartz, the Vice President of Strategy and Product Management at Alight as well. Zan and Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. We're excited to be
0: here. Of course. So before we get started, I do have one reminder for our viewers. If you have any questions throughout today's webcast, please put them in the Q box on the right-hand side of your console, and we'll make sure to follow up with you at the conclusion of today's episode. Now diving right in, today we do have a rather meaty topic. 2020 was certainly a year defined by many things, including a global pandemic that took everyone by surprise. Over the course of this year, or the past year, I should say, we learned many new norms as a society, how to take Zoom calls, how to have a doctor's appointment over FaceTime, how to work from home with your spouse. But perhaps one of the most profound learnings from this past year that was highlighted by the pandemic are the societal inequalities, I should say, that exist today, particularly pertaining to people's health. So as I mentioned, today's topic is about the social determinants of health. And so, Stephanie, I want to start with you, and I want to start with a basic question. Can you answer what are the social determinants of health exactly?
2: Sure. So in its simplest terms, social determinants of health are the non-medical factors that influence health outcomes. This includes things like where a person lives, the conditions in which he or she might live, a person's education, how easy it is to find a doctor, and even employment status. Now, traditionally, society has focused a lot on what we as individuals can do to improve our health. Stop smoking, exercise daily, eat healthier. I mean, how many times do we hear these a day? And these do play a huge role. However, they do not complete the whole puzzle when we're talking about improving health. Often, the factors we described as social determinants of health are the key drivers in shaping people's health behaviors, which we know drive a lot of our medical outcomes. For instance, We know that people that live in rural areas are more likely to have cancers related to modifiable risks, such as tobacco, HPV, lack of preventative screenings. So therefore, addressing social determinants of health is not only important for improving overall health, but also for reducing health disparities that are often rooted in social and economic disadvantages.
0: So, Zan, then, you know, as our inclusion and diversity leader, this information seems like it's incredibly valuable in truly understanding what those social and health inequities are. Are we starting to see companies care more about this?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're starting to see employers make these connections between their employees' health and all of these social determinants. So, like the killing of George Floyd, the pandemic, and any one of the millions of seminal moments of 2020 really have created a shift for employers. Employers are not just caring about the work. They're also caring about the people, about humanity and how their employees lived experiences shape the work that they do. There's also really a shift in worldviews around diversity beyond just race and gender. So thinking of their employees as an ecosystem where there's so much intersectionality where an employee's neighborhood where they live may have just as much impact on their health outcomes as their race and gender.
0: Okay, so I think I might know the answer to this question, but I do just want to ask it to you as a follow-up. In your opinion, do you think that this has also been exacerbated due to the pandemic itself?
1: Yeah, employers are starting to see more how work and life are so critically integrated. In some ways they're fragile and it's exasperated by the stresses of the pandemic, whether it's isolation or furloughs or childcare issues, financial insecurities access to vaccinations, trust in the vaccination process. So yes, employers are starting to link it together and make those connections. Employees are bringing their whole selves to work every day. They can physically leave their neighborhoods behind, but they have to bring their lived experiences to work every day with them.
0: I love how you phrase that people bringing them their whole selves to work and I think it's great that this is all coming to light and I really do agree to that I think this shift is important for organizations to become more concerned about their employee well being not just in the workplace but what does happen outside of it as well. I know that we are just scratching the surface of it, but I do want to move on. So, Stephanie, it sounds like there are so many factors right now in play um, surrounding the social inequities that we might not even consider right away. Could you maybe walk through what some of those main inequities do look like?
2: Sure, Dom, and you hit on it. There really are so many different factors to take into consideration, which is why this makes it so complicated. So when I think of healthcare inequities, they're really the cumulative result of socioeconomic status, education, neighborhood, physical environment, income, social support network, benefit programs offered. And one of the most important ones, I personally think that often gets overlooked is actual cultural beliefs. But probably the most important thing to remember here is that there actually is no single magic bullet to address all of these at the same time which makes it really complex when we're trying to make an impact.
0: Okay, so for what if I understand correctly, it sounds like these inequities are prevalent across all employer populations. So, you said it pretty clearly, there's not one, you know, single magic bullet to address these problems. So, I think I'm going to turn that question back onto you as a follow-up, knowing that the well-being of our clients and their people is a important pillar of Alight's mission what are we doing here as an organization to help the clients we serve address some of these inequities?
2: Yeah, so, so I just want to start by saying that Alight is committed to do its part to reduce disparities in health. Period. End of sentence. This is too important for us to ignore. However, it is important to recognize that we can only be part of the solution. It's going to take everyone, policymakers, healthcare providers, employers, payers, our communities to really help close these gaps in health equity. So now back to your question, how does Alight impact the health of our people? So just in general today, light plays a critical role in the healthcare system. Um, we administer and help employees and retirees choose the right medical plan, assist seniors with signing up for Medicare and help millions of people navigate the healthcare system by finding the right doctor and care choice for them. In addition, we also assist employers with ensuring their employees are participating in their wellness programs they offer and maybe some other health programs or services that they offer as well.
0: And Zan, same question to you. So from your point of view, you know, what are we really doing to help our clients address these inequities for their people?
1: So Alight has a unique set of capabilities to help employers address the social determinants of health. We know that these health inequities result in lower quality of health care worse health outcomes for people of color and people with low socioeconomic status, and has an increased direct and overall disparate use of corporate healthcare dollars. So it's incredibly important for uh, employers to invest in their people in new ways. So whether it's providing transportation services for workers where access to reliable transportation is difficult for workers to access jobs outside their local neighborhoods, or if it's bringing wellness to work, with on-site and virtual wellness checks, or similar to late, um, redefining your sick and wellness time off policies, expanding it so that taking time off includes taking a mental health day.
0: So to, to go back to how you started to answer that previous question, you said Alight has these unique advantages to help employers with addressing the social determinants of health. Can you maybe walk through what those unique advantages in the market look like?
1: Yeah, so let's talk about three of them today, and you can think of them as, one, identification, two, intervention, and three, communication. First, it always starts with data, and in order to close those gaps, it's important that we're able to identify them. Alight possesses one of the largest data sets with access to medical data, including plan choice and claims data, wealth data, including retirement funds and career data. Before we set out to analyze our data, we researched externally recognized leading indicators of health inequities, including um, using external reputable market research. So for example, we know that black women in the United States are three times more likely to have a maternal death than white women. In addition, black women are also significantly more likely to have a severe maternal morbidity event at the time of delivery And these can basically be described as near misses or almost near or almost death incidents. But researchers have studied this and suggested that bias in healthcare systems, levels of stress, trauma, food insecurities, access to prenatal care are all factors that may contribute to these disparities, typically leading to cardiovascular conditions. Through our claims data, Alight is able to identify if newly pregnant mothers are receiving the traditional prenatal care and if it's a common theme across an employer's population. This is just one example of what Alight can do when we're using AI-driven data to discover unique care patterns and healthcare outcomes. We focus on the client and on their employees' specific problems, avoiding the one-size-fits-all mentality. Alight's second unique capability is our healthcare navigation services that we provide employers. Our healthcare and benefits pros assist employees every day with making decisions on how, when, and where to receive healthcare. In other words, we have the power to impact accessibility, affordability, relatability, and quality of care. And they're all key drivers to help eliminate health inequities. And this leads me to the last capability I want to discuss today, and it's how we communicate once we've identified a problem and determined that action is needed. If we've learned one thing in the last year, we know that everyone likes to be communicated in a different way. Mm-hmm. So as a diversity and inclusion leader, one thing I hear often is, how do I reach the Latinx population or how do I reach women? And while I know everyone has good intentions, it's important to realize that we're all individual people. We're all different, with different needs, especially when it comes to communication. Therefore, it's it's important for us to be able to personalize each and every communication we send. While our gender, race, or job title may be important pieces of information to consider, ultimately, we need to be tailoring messages to people's specific needs so they find them valuable and are willing to take action. At Alight, we have a robust AI-driven communication engine that allows us to communicate to hard to reach employees. So for example, we know when a person has a primary care provider, they're more likely to stay up to date with preventative care and better manage chronic care conditions. Alight is able to create an alert based on the employee's personal preference, whether that's email or text, to reach those employees who haven't seen a primary care provider in over a year. And we take it one step further by offering to help the employee find a doctor and make an appointment. We know that people are busy and and life can be stressful, so we want to help them in any possible way to ensure people receive the care they need.
0: Thanks for that, Zan. And this is all really great stuff. And it's also really, from an employee of a life perspective, really cool to see how solutions that I use every day in my life, and I'm sure both you and Stephanie use as well with you and your families, you know, is really helping impact society at such a high level. Um, and so moving on, Stephanie, to you, now, can you take all of these great solutions and these things that, that Zan just walked us through uh, and translate that into the basic language that an employer is looking for? So how can all of those translate into what an employer is looking
2: Sure, Dom. So I tend to think about this as the five layers of intervention where a light can affect change. So condition, activity, environment, ecosystem, and plant optimization. So let's dive a little bit deeper into each of these. So starting with the first layer, which is understanding what conditions have profound health impacts and disproportionately affect underserved and disadvantaged populations. Let's use an example here. Now there is already tons of research out there about what health inequities exist and you can Google and read studies on these. For example, American Indian natives have diabetes rates that are nearly three times the overall population rate.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, it's, it's surprising. So yeah. while this is like a national statistic, Alight is actually able to check employer-specific populations for condition-specific trends, helping employers better understand if these national statistics Are a problem within their own four walls. I guess, I mean, I guess you might say virtual walls now these days. Um, So moving on to the second layer, which is really centered around activity. This is asking the question, are people engaging in the activities needed to promote good health and avoid chronic and catastrophic conditions? And how do these behaviors differ in targeted populations? Let's go back to our example. So it's become really common for employers to offer wellness screenings and programs to their employees. Alight has worked with many of these employers to help drive participation through a type or personalization product where we can personalize communications through a sophisticated AI platform. In the instance we just spoke about, Alight can work with employers to find the most effective way to communicate to the Native American population about the importance of getting an A1C test, a common blood test that is used to diagnose diabetes. This test is often covered within biometric screenings or preventative care that's covered by insurers and employers. Alight's health pros can then ensure individuals have scheduled a testing appointment and ensure the follow-up care is arranged based on the results. So moving on to intervention layer number three, environment. What access do employees have to care? What transportation and geographic barriers exist? Now this layer can sometimes be easy to ignore because we're always so focused on the actual care event itself. But in reality, it's one of the most important. So going back to our example, because of Alight's large database of providers and associated claims, Alight can perform an analysis to see if a company's Native American population has access to quality providers, including how far do people have to travel to see a primary care physician for their diabetes diagnosis. If this is a problem, Alight can then work with an employer to determine if we need to put a solution in place. The fourth layer is all about a person's health ecosystem. How are employees using employer programs and what disparities exist in utilization and adversely affect underserved populations? Are these barriers to better utilization and adoption? In the specific case of the Native American who is just diagnosed with diabetes, some employers offer condition-specific programs such as a program designed specifically for people with diabetes or even mental health assistance for people struggling with a chronic condition like diabetes. Alight can work with employers to identify programs and encourage participation in order to improve health outcomes. All right, last but not least, the fifth way Allite can help employers is through health plan optimization. So are people making benefit selections that make them less likely to get care? Going back to our example, a Native American with diabetes, Alight has the ability to help those individuals pick the right plan for them ensuring that diabetes care is covered and out-of-pocket costs are minimized. Additionally, Eli's health pros can help these individuals find the right doctor for them and estimate costs of care. So let's do a, p- a quick recap. We have condition, activity, environment, ecosystem, and plan optimization. These are all ways that LA can partner with us to analyze, create, and invest in solutions together to reduce social inequities by using social determinants of health.
0: Awesome. Stephanie, thank you for walking through with, with that example too. I think it's important for employers to see an actual real life example of how the different layers can go into play. And to be quite honest with, with both of you too, I could talk for hours about this topic with you. It's super insightful, super important. And it's just really great to see how the work that we do every single day can translate into making this a better world. Unfortunately, we don't have all the time in the world to chat about this, so um, in the essence of time, I do want to actually get to an audience question um, that I think is super important to this topic and I think is super relevant for our uh, listeners today. Um, So I'm going to go to that. Uh, The question reads, how do we think the social determinants will create a shift in 2021? Um, So I'm actually going to ask both of you that question. Zan, if you wouldn't mind starting us off, um, I think that would be great.
1: Sure. So I think that the events of 2020 have caused a huge shift in the way that employers just think about their employees. So employers know now that asking employees to be their authentic selves, that means bringing your whole self to work every day. We can physically leave our neighborhoods when we come to work, but we bring those lived experiences with us. And those lived experiences not only impact our health outcomes, but they also impact our productivity at work. So I think in 2021, it's really about changing the definition of what the words "bottom line" really mean.
2: Yeah, that's great, Sam. And I guess just to build, I mean, in its simplest form, I think we're going to see employers requesting more data, um, sort of like some of the stuff that we talked about. I think you're going to see more partnerships formed, um, especially even um, in some of the communities in which we serve. Um, but I think most important, because going back to Zian exam- was saying about you know authenticity and and everything that goes around to bringing ourselves to work. Um, I think most important, I think it's a call to action for all of us. He started out this presentation by saying there is not a single magic bullet to solve all of this. Um, It's really gonna take all of us to improve social determinants of health. And I think it's up to all of us to make each other more aware and ask ourselves how we can do better to help those around us.
0: Awesome. I love how you wrap that up. And and just to say it, I think too, one of the coolest things about this topic is that it really highlights the importance of data. The fact that we can use data and the insights driven by that data to better communicate and prepare our workforce for a brighter future. Zan, I want to thank you for providing your uh, experiences and knowledge around the health inequalities. And Stephanie, the data and tools that we discussed are truly beneficial to any organization that's looking to create value and trust within their employee population and their broader culture. I can almost guarantee this is not the last time we're going to talk about this topic. Um, And I just appreciate both of you for joining us today um, and sharing your insights with all of us. Before we do head out, I do want to remind our viewers that if you want to learn more about today's topic or Zan or Stephanie, there are additional resources in the console on the right-hand side, and I highly encourage you to check them out. We'll always be here to shed a light on the latest human capital and business topics.
1: Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next month.